and welcome to another episode of Pillow Talk with Mark and B, the podcast where we just talk. I'm B. And I'm Marquino. Marquino. Today we'll take you on a journey of the mind. Yeah. Of the Joe Rogan experience. The Joe Rogan experience. Mixed with Mark can't sleep at night, so he listens to this and... Yeah, I used to do a lot of my podcast listening um, when I worked. Uh, my hours now, I'm either working with people or I just don't really work. So <laughs> I don't really listen to podcasts now, but now I listen to them at nighttime, I find. Yeah. That's a good time to learn. And there were little snippets that I like woke up to and I was like, oh, this is interesting. And then we go back to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a couple of times where I wanted to like mention something that I was dying to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I'm like, and nah, I won't, I won't like wake her up, wake her up. Yeah. But yeah. first thing this morning, he was like, babe, I listened to this podcast. We need to listen to it. I'll listen to it again. It's very interesting. Yeah. It is interesting. Um, so, just this is Joe Rogan Experience, episode 2109, Abigail Schreier. And I don't know how she'd describe herself, but like... Uh, I would say an author. Author, some type of therapist, perhaps. Which is enough. But yeah. um, researcher, maybe even. A journalist. Journalist, maybe. If I yeah. was listening to the intro you know, of it, I could tell you guys all about it. Yeah, <laughs> here's the thing. So if you want, like, the condensed version of this and kind of our thoughts on it, definitely, like, uh, listen to this. But you should definitely also go listen to Joe Rogan and listen to, like, her talk about it. Yeah, because she's the educated one. So the topic of the day, basically, was um, the title of her book was... Bad Therapy. Bad Therapy. And the concept's basically, like... Therapy, therapy for ninety percent of people, or whatever amount, a vast majority We're of people. We're gonna get into it. I took notes. Nice. The vast majority of people, therapy is not good for you. In fact, it's even detrimental to it's you. Overprescribed. And okay, this is also a focus on children. So heavy children in this. Oh yes, yes. That's also a huge. So kind of keep that in mind. Yeah, because I halfway think halfway through the episode, I was like. But adults, but adults, and then she was like, again, children, and I was like, oh, Yeah, I think the majority of this was children-related, which I find particularly interesting, too. Like, um, I know you you talk a lot about trauma, and since I've kind of hung out with you again, I've kind of introduced into my concepts of... um, Philosophy. No, no, ideas. Ideas, but yeah, I've never experienced it, so I never quite fully got it but it was it's very interesting so where do we begin with this whole thing um okay so yeah basically she said that like one of the reasons that therapy was bad for kids was because kids can't consent or communicate the way that they need to in therapy like it's interesting too because i can as soon as mark told me this i was like okay <laughs> whoa 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 because i'm obviously a huge advocate of therapy but i have a different mindset than most people and I yeah. think that I, and we we can go even into the school that we, because I wrote that down too, because I feel like that really shaped our ability to think outside of the box and uh-huh. to be creative and to... Actually accomplish things. Yeah. Like, like every week to. you you would be putting a star up on your chart saying... Every day you had to mark off things that you did. Your, your it was goals. Like a goal card. Yeah, yeah. We'll get into the schooling, but... Yeah. Um, but yeah, so when I go to therapy, I'm very much like listen alex who's my therapist name and i'm like here are the things i want to cover i need to get to here i need to get out of this whatever i'm in i need questions kind of answered or like somebody to bounce ideas off that's outside of the picture let's talk (coughs) 
and then I'll go in with like, <laughs> here you go, here you go. I'm probably his favorite. Yeah, you went, you Hilarious you've gone too. in with like goals to accomplish. Yeah, like sounds like you already did the work essentially. Now you're just looking. Just like I need to talk this out with somebody yeah. because it doesn't really make sense. And I you, just you like, needed that encouragement, like almost maybe. validation. Yeah, validation could be a good one. And yeah, and so. But I kind of, like, there was no way I was going to still be in therapy in a year. Yeah. Like, if I was still in the same place in a year. And I have friends who have been in therapy for, like, four years. I had so I had somebody who literally the therapist was like, hey, it's been seven years. You can't, we need to stop. Yeah. And then every year on that anniversary, they would get emails huh. to the therapist. It was like, I miss you, blah, blah, blah. It's <laughs> just like... You can't, that's like a codependent relationship that you're yeah. creating a trauma bond with. Yeah, that's a good way she talks about saying it might be jumping in the line, but she talks about how you're basically re- re- without, you're basically setting up that relationship that without the therapist, the child is unable to do anything. Exactly. Um, so instead of like a child going to you to kind of rely on help and you're like helping them grow and like now they've taken it even that where you're like, we're at least as a parent, you can walk them through the situation where it's like, you're having trouble adapting at school. Well, mm-hmm. maybe I take you there and I don't know, show you a boy or I, I don't know. Yeah, like, like it basically, you know, you can be involved, away from but the then parents. yeah, exactly. And that gives it to a therapist and it takes it from the stage of action to the stage of just talking. And the idea that a therapist after 30 minutes knows your kid more than you, like the yeah. self-confidence that is taken away from parents because of school systems and it's just, it's wild. Okay, okay wait. So first, the reason yeah. that kids shouldn't go is because, and I can relate to this too. When my parents put me into therapy, my dad kept changing therapists because it, like, well, he was the problem essentially yeah. and the therapist would identify it and then we would switch therapists. Yeah. So every time I was pretty annoyed with it because I was like, why are we here? Like, I'm not the issue. I'm telling him that he's the issue and I'm yeah. not going to stop. This is, this is crazy. Yeah. And most kids go <clears throat> to therapy like that where they don't actually have a choice. Yeah. And, ther- and, and like therapy is not for like disciplinary action where like the kid's being unruly. Yeah. No, therapy is for like the a kid has been resort. like sexually abused. Mm-hmm. And you, you've gone through other methods and yeah. tried to regulate them in other ways and you yeah. can't. So then um, you go to therapy. The other interesting you kind of brought up on this point was she said therapy for the kid is almost pointless if the parents have not got themselves in order. Yeah, I think she said... Um, Sorry if I'm jumping in your notes, my love. Yeah, and I took a lot. You took a lot. Basically, um, the, wow. the, best, uh, oh, the best medication for a kid is a, an adult fixing their issues. Yeah, man. You like so you you a child learns by example. So if he sees his parent who has his life together, who is making moves, who's got a steady job or whatever, whatever you think an ideal human should look like, that kid hopefully is gonna just copy that. Yeah, but a lot of people don't want to have the conversation about your kid mirroring you. Yeah. So is your kid acting out, or do you and your husband not get along, and he's picking up on that energy, and now he's uncomfortable and acting out, right? Like, or is he acting the exact way you do? Exactly. Which is acting out, but like uh, exactly. So yeah. Um. Um. But yeah, the whole premise of therapy for kids is that you're teaching a kid to dwell on the problem, mm -hmm. and the issue with that is that. Like, people will put kids in therapy over death of a cat or a grandparent, but it's not an unexpected trauma. Yeah. Which is a key thing, because your your parents will die. Your pet will die. Yeah. But having to do all of these 
like coping mechanisms, whether it's yeah. ashes or funerals or i mean like for i mean animals and people are different like, like some like, people mourn the loss of pets for years like years. i i cried for my cats and i guess i could really cry if i really wanted to get emotional really thought but about like it. but you can't fuck it <laughs> like yeah absolutely and parents don't really want their kids to be uncomfortable and so mm-hmm. they continually like jump at their kids and monitor their kids and um like, they don't let their kids walk across the street alone. Mm-hmm. And, like, all of these things. And I know the world is a little bit crazier than when we grew up. But, like, it's this hyper-attention to the kid. Here's the interesting thing, kind of, I just kind of put together is formulated. So, where they got super close, parents got super close to allowing the kid access to the outside world, a.k.a. going to parks to play. Mm-hmm. Yet, they're 100% open to the online world. Yeah. Which is a bazillion times worse. They, Way worse. they don't they don't care to monitor that access, but yes, they don't let their kid cross the street, but here's internet. Yeah. Whoo It's wild. That's a weird thought. And then the things that they think is the priority is definitely not. And like I don't know what people are scared of. I guess most people are probably scared of their kid getting kidnapped at the park or something. Maybe bullied at the park, possibly hurt at the park. But yeah. the psychological damage that comes with social media is so much worse for you. Yeah. And they talked about that extensively. I mean, everybody yeah. talks everyone about that. Everyone knows like, that one now at this point. Everybody knows that. But uh... um, They did a long-term study on kids who live through depression so they were born in 1920 1921 and they did like a long-term study the kids who did the best were the deprived middle class so the ones that needed to get multiple jobs took on the hand-me-downs had to help in the kitchen make everything from scratch grow the like everything was you know a uh an action and reward system and they were more successful they were resilient they all experienced like gratitude and accomplishment and that's how they measured why they did better. The word I liked that she used was scrappy. Mm. And I feel like both me and you can be pretty scrappy. And, like, not like a fight, but, like, business fight almost. Like, you're looking for, like, these things. You're, like, wheeling and dealing almost, like, like, just kind of... Even things like if a project doesn't go well, you're not going to just quit. It's like, hey, no, okay, let's figure this out. At a yeah, yeah, way. maybe or fight like, through the pro- the yeah. struggle of it a little bit. But yeah. yeah, scrappy. I love that word. Yeah, she mentioned that parents try to make kids happy instead of strong, and they end up as neither. Because you can't always be happy. That mm-hmm. cannot be the goal. I think we even talked about that recently. We definitely talked about it in the like Discord we... for a while, maybe is what uh, I'm thinking about. I feel like we did but, episode. like, yeah, happiness is not a goal, it's no, not an attainable goal. goal. No. Yeah, and then, of course, like, and people really don't, she was really talking about how, like, we, there's this environment that we create that's so hyper unhealthy, whether it's, like, the food, the sugary foods, and the fast foods, and the processed oils, and all the the chemicals and stuff like that that we're putting into our bodies at all times, whether it's through creams, shampoos, foods vaccines that like vaccines plastics all of that kind of all stuff, that stuff everything us. and then we expect our mental health to be okay yeah and estrogen in the water supply exactly and so like the the amount that would change if kids just got off the couch and joined a basketball team yeah that was probably so she she talks a lot about like okay so you can't you she's like no don't do therapy so she talked about like what's the biggest alternative Put them in a program. Ideally, 
like one that is physical. So she said dance showed mm-hmm. incredible like yeah, like uh, hormone surges and sure, stuff. Sure, you know, and basketball I think came up as well, but like making them do like uh, outside activities like running or push-ups every day. Push-ups whatever. Something yeah. they can <clears throat> see progress with physically. Yeah, and well actually like when you work out your body chemically does things if like you throw it will a literally ball change in a it. hoop 30 times you <laughs> will get better. Yeah, like, sure. Yeah, it's good for you. It's good for you. Progressional things. So she talked a lot about that how like the biggest thing instead of trying therapy is just get them in some type of program, some type of physical activity. Mm-hmm. Listen, this this may sound superficial. Joe Rogan also says this. He's like you ain't never seen a person with six-pack abs depressed. And it's kind of a joke. Like, it's a joke at fat people, essentially. But honestly, I don't but, know if I've... Yeah, man, uh, I don't know. Life's been pretty fucking ideal since I got healthy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, so, like, it's it's interesting, too, because you can you can track things in, like, in sports and improvements sure. and tracks and all of that kind of stuff. But you can't really track things at the therapist's office you'll just kind of believe what they say yeah unless like she talked about like getting hooked up to like a thing that measured some type of uh um phobic response or something but like that's not happening in therapy you're not getting strapped up to this device that is reading some like meant like brainwave level like that's not happening no no and then she talked about like the different kinds of therapists and like most people are in therapy or no most therapists and even, okay, so I went to, like, I was a legal assistant <coughs> for a while, and there was one other person in my class that was my age, and it was, like, you know, the, the college age where you go and, like, learn things and, you know, carry on with your career. Two people, me and this other girl. Everybody else was, like, multiple baby daddies in, 30-plus, hmm. angry, and just, <laughs> like, set right off, and they wanted to join legal assistant so that they could learn family law (laughs) whatever against their baby dad stick it to the man it was like wild like it was uh, it was crazy it was such an experience but most therapists do that too yeah so they'll join therapy and try to diagnose themselves and whatever and then project onto their clients or you briefly mentioned this with your dad how he would put you in therapy and then as soon as he kind of the therapist started disagreeing with him you'd he'd swap you mm-hmm. she talked about a lot how you need to vet your therapist like yeah. that is the most important thing you can do like what are they really telling your kid do you really agree with that yeah. and then if so why are you not just telling it to him yeah yeah um and with the amount of people in therapy these days you should see like a decline in mental health issues. I mm. Like, theoretically, right? Theoretically. But it's increased tenfold. Like, tenfold. Mm-hmm. And we'll get into the numbers. Um, yeah, that's one thing that she's been studying is how, like, that increase has been happening where it's like, she... Yeah. Yeah. Um, they talked about the amount of time that people spend thinking about themselves. For example, like... And, well, and I guess how detrimental it can be thinking about yourselves in the past instead of thinking about a goal in the future. So, like... She used football as, you know, an example. So let's take Travis Kelsey. Who's he? <laughs> oh my god, it's Taylor Swift's boyfriend. <laughs> Who's she? JK! Travis Kelsey made her famous. Shake it know. off, shake it off, famous, I... Although we're not going to do that, that's haram. <laughs> um, okay, yeah, so the coach will typically 
to like get the guys going and motivated, they focus on the team as a whole and the task ahead. Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, but they don't say, are you still upset about your parents' divorce? Like, <laughs> yeah, that yeah, yeah, right yeah. now. Let's like, how's your girlfriend? You know, like they don't. You and your girlfriend got into a fight last night, yeah, huh? That's not All right, let's happen. go play some football. <laughs> that's not going to happen in the locker room. It's just not going to happen. And so, yeah. <laughs> that's such a funny concept. Right? But they know that if you want to get things done, you don't indulge in the feelings and you have to focus on the task. And they talked about, like, regularly ruminating on bad feelings mm-hmm. makes it worse. Yeah. Like, here's the thing. So for my hip, for example, man, when I am active and I have a, a task at hand, like, I can ignore the pain. And it can be the same for mentally, you know, if like you're... Like, through it and cry. Well, like, y- y- if your mind is focusing on something else my mind then can't focus on pain, Yeah. right? So if you're just sitting doing nothing and your mind is just focused on mental anguish, you need to get out and occupy your mind. Again, go to the gym, join a team, go do something outside. Um, Yeah, no, it, yeah. And they talked about therapists and how the incentive is to find a patient. And think about this logically. It's so crazy when you actually break this down. The incentive to finding a patient who's the least sick for the longest time gets them paid that's yep. like it's still that's an industry so like yep. you don't want the bipolar patient you don't want multiple personalities you don't want the violent patient you want the one with like consistent paychecks and good stories yep you want one who has drama, two parents that are gonna pay for it where consistently yeah. coming in you just know that it's gonna be some more issues but like yeah. you know you get to keep up with the drama this week it's just been so interesting how COVID opened the eyes of so many where it's like we used to be trusting of so many of these things, whether it was um, doctors, whether it was government officials, whether it, whether it was police, whatever, where yeah. now it's like, no, 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 the illusion has been shattered. These are all just profit-seeking organizations, and they will crush you for profit. And I mean, everybody's like, oh, I want to go to therapy, but I can't spend 250 bucks. And I'm like, yeah, an hour. Yeah. Like, that's crazy. And technically, yeah. therapists aren't supposed to tell you what to do. Which is actually the whole point of I feel like a good therapist would be doing. Like, oh, here's yeah. your problem. I feel like you should probably stop cheating on your boyfriend and your life would yeah. work out. Yeah, we're going to get into that. You know too, what I actually. mean? Like, <laughs> But yeah, the number one symptom of depression is the rumination. So like pathological obsessing over your pain. Mm-hmm. Like, okay. It's, it's just downright selfish. And narcissistic. And, 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 and here's the thing. When you do things for other people, we, we release chemicals where you literally feel good. It's like a drug, man. Even when you do things for yourself, running errands. Yeah. Getting things accomplished and just yeah. task at hand next. Cross it off the list. Like these things matter. Yeah. Yeah. You so you're it. denying yourself all those things. All of and those like, things. Yeah. Oh, it's so interesting that you you got so much out of this episode. I knew it was good. Yeah. I knew it was a good one. Yeah. You really know how to rile me up. <laughs> um, Joe Rogan at one point had said, uh, the worst thing to happen to you is the worst thing that's happened to you. Like, that's it. You got through it. It's the worst thing. You survived it. You survived it. it You're still you here. Something. If you really want to actually like look back at it, what did it teach you? And how did you grow? And what did you do wrong? And there's some like fundamental yeah. questions that you can ask yourself about everything. Where do we painful. go from here? Exactly. <laughs> um, then this one's really interesting. And this one I don't feel like a lot of people are going to like to hear, but we're just going to go with it. Because <laughs> Joe like, Rogan's uh... controversial. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just pretend that Joe Rogan <laughs> said this. 
Um, yeah, it's Trevor Buzak in the house. Oh, no. <laughs> he came over, and he was talking about this episode, and let me tell you what he did. <laughs> yeah, okay. Okay. PTSD is different than bad memories. You don't have PTSD from a breakup. You don't have PTSD from your dog dying. You don't have PTSD from your rat running away. You don't have PTSD from a fucking bad boss. You don't have PTSD from your parents' divorce. Like, bad memories, absolutely. Yeah. But your body works a certain way to aid you, believe it or not. It's all for, you know, the good of the cause. The good of survival. Literally survival. Your Your body's not trying to shut you down. It's trying to survive. So everything that happens in it happens for a reason. So anxiety exists for a reason. There are benefits and negative, but it's adaptive. So a little anxiety and a bad memory can have a positive effect. And it helps with performance. So, like, if I wasn't so nervous, I wouldn't have practiced so hard. And if I wasn't so stressed out, I wouldn't have prepped for the meeting so long. And yeah, even the, the the person on said, I would not have put this much effort into it if I was just like talking to my friend. Yeah, but this is Joe Rogan. But so. this is you, so I I prepared. Yeah. <laughs> like, and because I was a little nervous. <laughs> exactly, and it helps with your memory too. So yeah. like, you remember your first kiss because of all the nerves shooting through your system. Yeah, and, yeah, you remember that spike of adrenaline. And, and Christmas yeah. morning because who knew it was in the presence and. All the anxiousness about, you know, the food and the family coming over and like it's a big hype and like it's exciting and but then people are prescribed medication and then all those feelings just get numbed and then you don't start remembering things. You don't prep as much. You don't care as much. You Mm -hmm. kind of just like float through life because you've adapted to the situation instead of use the anxiety to indicate that something was like wrong. Yeah. Um, one of the good things about depression is that it shuts us down. And this was very interesting. I've never heard it said like this. So it shuts us down long enough where we don't do anything rash. It's our body protecting us because it knows mm. we're in fight or flight. It has oh, to sit down. Oh, that's interesting. That's what depression does. It shuts us down so we don't do anything rash. We can sit, yeah. think about the changes that we need to make because obviously something is wrong. That's so interesting. And I remember it perfectly. Like, I remember the breakup. I remember being in the basement. I remember it being so fucking dark. And I was like, yo, I need to do something. Like, this is not sustainable. Huh. Yeah. So, never heard it like that. But I can vouch Mm. that that's pretty accurate. Um, Mm. Whereas, yeah, medication will just kind of lock us into that low state and never make us make the change. We'll just kind of accept it. Yeah. We'll kind of just... This is this is life. And society encourages us to have kind of like depression competitions. Like I saw this video yeah. and she was like, I am sick and tired of feeling bad that I have a perfect man. I don't do anything. I Like he cleans and he cooks and he takes me out for dates and he buys me things. And I never have to ask for reassurance. And I never, but all these girls on TikTok are like, what do you do when your man sucks? And I'm like, I want to shout it from the rooftops. And I'm like, yes, like normalize <laughs> that because, yeah. but that's not normal. Because everybody's trying to relate to the shitty parts of their life that they want validation for. Yeah. In my humble opinion. <laughs> yeah, it's it's people who are weak and too coddled or something and just can't get over it. Yeah. I don't know. Um, the next episode that we're releasing, we're actually starting a book called um called Oh, Trauma. The Body Keeps the Score. Yeah. And in it they talk about like soldiers and how trauma manifests itself in the body and all that kind of stuff. 
But she went into, like in this episode with Joe Rogan, she went into, like, the difference between the American society and Israeli society. She kind of went into, like, comparing teens throughout different countries. So here are some of the facts. When Israeli soldier saw something traumatic and crazy, they would get kind of pulled aside, given them a break. They told them it was normal. Like, this is, like, not... I mean, not normal that you saw this. It's completely normal that you feel triggered, that you're not okay. It's okay. Take a few weeks off, and then they would take a few weeks off and then get right back into the game. Whereas in the U.S., they would see something traumatic. They would pull them out. They'll give them therapy. The therapist will tell them that it's the government's fault. They have PTSD. The government did this to them. They may never recover. You need to go on welfare. You need to get medicated. All of that kind of stuff. And the interesting fact about all of this one was only 12 to 15% of American soldiers witnessed combat. But when they did the data, 30% of them were told to believe that they had PTSD. I think that was specifically for um, the Vietnam War veterans that they pulled, specifically mm. that number. But yeah. still, that is a cur- like that number shouldn't exist. Is well, the thing. Is and the I wonder point if it. it's like a compassion aspect, <coughs> and like they 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 know that their friend went through it, and so they're trying to relate to their friend, or like. But it's very interesting, and they also. I've never said, been through that, so I don't can't, can't, yeah, can't ever relate. fully understand that one. They also said that special forces guys experience it less because they're working proactively. They're task oriented. They're the ones in control. They're always on a mission. They're go yeah. go go. Whereas the ones on the base are constantly worried that they're just going to be attacked. Yeah. They're on the defense. They're sitting there. They're waiting. It's like they could get bombed one day, and then go four months, and then get bombed ten days. Like yeah, just. Yeah, that is such an interesting, and and I think that shows just like if you're sitting and just like waiting, not doing anything, yeah. it shows that when you're active, man, and you're task oriented, that depression no longer really Absolutely. happens. That like that 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 side effect of negative consequences are no longer a problem because you have taken your problems into your own hands. And again, we're not comparing like different office jobs. This isn't marketing versus like. I don't know, operations. This is special forces compared to regular army. Like, these are, like, they're going to see shit regardless. They're going to have to do yeah. shit regardless. They're going to be probably in more shit, really. They're the looking at forces. poverty constantly. Like, yeah. it's not an easy life. But it goes to show, the data goes to show, that if you're task-oriented and proactive about yeah. things, it it takes your mind off of it. Yeah, and you could just move. No yes. The thing is, life keeps going on, so just keep going on with life. Yeah. Um, They compared teenagers from Russia, Japan, and the U.S. and asked about dangers, like how America, how Americans would like, what's, what's dangerous to you? Tell me about a danger. Oh my God. Well, this morning I was on the bus and the stranger looked at me funny. That was America. Well, that's not a danger. Like that's not real. That's not like, you know, and then as a result, you have literal meltdowns happening all over campuses in the U.S., because of a breakup after three months or a concert that they've gone to. Or because they heard somebody with a different opinion. They oh lose and God. scream and a lose their mind. A comment from a stranger that you'll never, yeah. ever meet. It's probably a bot, if we're being honest. <laughs> and that's yeah. what everybody should just... If you ever see a comment that you don't like, a comment that you do like every comment, really, just it's a bot. Yeah, just I'm know that and move on. It's probably a fucking bot, whatever. It's a bot. Um, yeah. Okay, so, yeah. Trauma generation... If the kid's a little anxious these days, they cater to it. So the kid can leave class. I think they've got like an everything pass or like 
I don't know. It's yeah, like I forgot a what whole they pass it. on steroids, I guess. Yeah, it's like a, you use it if you're feeling overwhelmed. In class. In class, you can basically, I'm feeling overwhelmed. Can I take this pass? I need 10 minutes. So however long, I don't know if what they allow, but then you but can just, obviously, you can just get up and leave. And how, okay, first of all, how is any kid going to sit in a meeting when they're adults? Well, yeah, this is the thing. Like, so we, we're putting these kids in classrooms for eight hours a day, letting them out for only 30 minutes to quickly devour their lunch and run around outside for a couple minutes and flirt with a girl. And really only to burn off energy so that they can sit down again. Yeah, they are not meant for that. No. Like, kids are not meant for that at all, man. No. Like, no. That, that's a nightmare. Of course kids can't sit still. Of course kids aren't learning properly when it's 8 in the morning because they're not their minds aren't up yet. Yeah. Like, of course. Yep. Yeah, no, it's it's it, crazy. I just... it, where are we talking about our schooling? Because, like, man, we went to such a different school and, like you said, like, it did not set us up, like, educationally very well, but, like, as people... Who did a dang good job, I think. Yeah, because, we, like, we literally had goal cards. So every morning we had to say, no, at the beginning of the week, we had to set the goals for the entire week. This is how many pages of this book you have to do. And this book, it's all got to equal this many pages. And then at the end of the day, the teacher would, like, check. Yeah, and this wasn't like the teacher gave you this card. Like, you had to figure out that number. And how much do like, I actually have to accomplish to try to accomplish a whole year's worth of work. And some of the pages were just, like, reading nothing or, like, comic strips. And so you can, like, yeah, I'll do 19 pages in one subject today, no problem. And, and, then, like, oh. and then the next five pages are, like, five pages of questions, and they're like, that's going to take me a week. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. trauma. But, yeah, like, the, you, and we were, like, there were different things that we got pulled out of class for, whether it was, like, convention, which was... Just, like, we'd get a bunch of different schools together and compete. Or um, different... I... Go ahead. No, no, carry on. I don't know. Different... I mean, we didn't really have sports. One today, thing so. I like about this, and this might sound weird, but I feel like that school allowed us access to corruption and consequences. So they didn't intentionally allow us access to corruption. Obviously not. It was a Christian school. But being, like, a small poorly run organization no offense like i said i'm personally i am a good person because of that school but because of that we were able to get away with so much like man the different ways that we cheated on tests <laughs> that did like that would not be allowed in or available to you in public schools so like, the amount of ways that we skipped class hey, but not but to like do drugs in the back but just to like hang out and eat a couple candies with a friend yeah you know, it was like, so pure it was but so literally innocent. we had all of the scorecards in a big table we scored our own work yeah after we would finish the amount of pages and then it we taught us honesty to ourself and or how to cheat or and how to did. cheat yeah and then i got or the, i just learned how to cheat for sure without getting caught i would study on the certain tests and stuff and then yeah. cheat the rest of the way like but but what is good about that is not that oh good we found ways to cheat and be creative while that is good because sometimes you need to cheat the system mm. but what was good about that is then you got caught and yeah. it wasn't the end of the world, but there were consequences. Oh and I probably spent hundreds of hours in detention just standing looking at a wall because I got caught cheating or I swore or just did something <laughs> mildly inappropriate. On. Yeah, back I, in your chair. <laughs> one day I got sus I, I got suspended kind of because I didn't shave my my facial hair. Like I, I, 
I got turned away at the door essentially and said, "What well, you're not allowed to come home. So I'm like, well, that's a day off. <laughs> See you I tomorrow. I low-key <laughs> think that there was this added element of shame because you were in one room with everybody in the school and like the teacher would call you, well, you've got 46 scoring violations and everybody <laughs> was sitting in there like that, like, oh. He didn't travel. And like, it was, it, your classroom was like, you know, 30 people and like it was people from a different age groups, but you usually knew these people for a handful of years, like and like it's that. very tight knit. So it was very personal the relationships that you have with the teachers and your um, classmates. Yeah. But like this acts or this way to kind of cheat systems, but then also get consequences was such a great way to kind of test the limits of what are you act what can we get away what can you do in life and yeah like and when now, you feel bad or guilty about it and how far do you want to take it yeah and, and like was this bad did i cheat or did i just skip class yeah you know what was actually bad yeah, like, you yeah, know yeah. and like um yeah it was very interesting did i sit and do nothing on my desk or did i sit and do nothing in the gym yeah <laughs> well um so yeah uh public schools definitely don't put your kid in that that's a f that's not gonna be good but no. or no. therapy apparently no apparently <laughs> um again exercise comes with no side effects antidepressants there's lots of loss of sex drive higher risk of suicide with ssris gaining weight changing appetite all of a sudden like changing hormones not being attracted to your partner wow it's crazy well yeah that all just seems like wow compounding things that are awful 40 percent of the rising generation has had therapy and of that 42 percent have a mental health diagnosis and 86 percent oh my god okay. <laughs> 86 percent of these 42 people 86 percent of the 40 40 percent or whatever yeah think that they have menu anxiety <laughs> yeah <laughs> so like i've seen a video of this i know people where this person um, yeah your your homie with a letter s sister she has that. S. Voice clips all the time with her. I just don't want to oh, say Oh, yeah, name, yeah, know. yeah. Oh, my God. You really? That's... <laughs> <laughs> that was a long time ago. Maybe she's over oh, it now. Oh, God. Maybe, maybe now. Oh, God. Maybe now it's been a decade and it's not a big deal. She couldn't order her vegan nuggets. Yeah. <laughs> okay. no, she was a I vegan. Want she to either. <laughs> okay. So that's why I didn't want to out anyone too far because I knew once we got on her, it'd be like, <laughs> whatever. Anyway, couple giggles. Like her, eighty-six percent of forty percent of the raising generation struggle with ordering their own food. Yeah. So they'll literally like when I send Mark for, I mean, not anymore, but when I sent him for Donaires, I would just. Yeah text him the order so that he had it on hand he would read it off whatever these people cannot order for themselves they'll bring yeah. a friend along like that was more of a memory thing so you got the correct order not yeah. how do i order food yeah. <laughs> yeah they literally have a friend order or like we'll be on the phone yeah. and ordering or these people actually actually think that they're unwell yeah. like diagnosed unwell Here's something interesting. So I didn't necessarily have menu phobia, but I definitely did not like talking to people. I've told you before how I went to go order videos at Blockbuster and you'd have to say your name for the account. <laughs> yeah. And I just, oh. Mike Sakura, because I couldn't, couldn't say my own name. So there's oh. definitely a little bit of fear from like ordering stuff. I'm like, please just understand me. 
Oh but my god. Now here's the interesting anima. thing. If I did not step out of my shell with Lorehammer, like I would have still been a good talker. I would have still but there's no way my level of skill of speaking would be the same. Yeah. No. And it's it's getting out and doing things. It's a, that activity. Yeah. As opposed to just like, well, I'm just not going to order anymore. And repetition. Anymore. Yeah. yeah, you have to go Practice. out and try it once. Try it twice. And now I, I go to menus and I'm like, hey, cutie. <laughs> <laughs> that that turned out disastrous, though. <laughs> disastrous. Anyways. Um, yeah, I don't know what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what's the cause for the rise? Um, they were talking about, obviously, the rise in therapy industry where people are literally just sitting there wallowing their issues and yeah. not measuring, like, okay, well, it's been six sessions. Where am I at with this? Yeah, how, what have, how we have done? I not progressed in any regard? Like, there needs to be some sort of measurement system if you are in therapy. Yeah, like, therapy is not just, like, a life update. Yeah. You're not just, like, hanging out with a friend. It's not, <laughs> yeah. like, therapy should be intentional about dealing with trauma instead of wallowing in issues. Yeah. Um, could be the rise of the course. <coughs> oh my goodness. Unhealthy foods in our systems. Again, the sugary cereals, canola oils, processed foods, less exercise. They even just like I even mentioned, like the, all the chemicals in the water, man, that messes with us. There was also a huge, um, emphasis on family, not having family around. Like we hung out with neighborhood kids or like we were kicked out until the sun came or until the lights on light street lights came on kind of thing like yeah. i remember playing cops and robbers all summer long like we were just gone my parents had no idea what i was doing day to day yeah like, for real no idea yeah but now the only connection people have is through a screen yeah which is the most toxic thing like not only because it's not real communication those people are crazy on the internet <laughs> yeah you're not building a connection you listen to this i'm on the internet yeah you can't trust it it's crazy um then yeah, oh yeah, so their whole thing was like, if you keep your life unhealthy, but then medicate them and therapize them and numb them to the unhealthy, and then maybe they'll just like go along with it. And I mean, of course, the government wants that so that you'll get the job and <laughs> stay in the job. Yeah, and... you won't complain and you're not going to try to advance up the scale because you're too numbed out. But we won't go into that. <laughs> um, <laughs> so when we were younger, and yeah. I remember this, I wasn't in public school at this point, but I remember all of these kids being like, like, well, yeah, I'm on Adderall, and now I'm on Ritalin, and I'm on... Yeah. My teacher said that I'm too hyper, I can't focus, and blah, blah, blah. But that goes back to the, what you were saying about, like, kids sitting there for eight hours and expecting them to focus. That's not... Just imagine this. Like, me. You know how I pace? Yeah. Oh, my God. And I have to, like, walk back and forth, and I have to be active or twitching my hands or doing something. Poor if my more. parents were, like, at all paranoid, yeah, they would have put me in and they would have given me adhd medicine and then i would have been a drone yeah absolutely they would have droned me and they do it so young they were 41 and quick yeah yeah like young and quick like young one visit here you 30 go minutes. they had 41.4 million adderall prescriptions in 2021 Whoa. and after covid happened a whole bunch of online startups started like doing online prescription stuff and sending medication all over the country and including like gender hormones which is yeah so this is that was an interesting number you said 40 million this 41.41 i'm gonna assume that's the child population yeah. that number yeah so and there's probably around 100 billion children i would imagine that's in america crazy. so like yeah so like you said 40 percent almost everybody that's in therapy that's crazy yeah that's so sad so the basically you go to therapy and they drug you and they turn you into a drone yeah 
A recent interview by the evidence of by child and adolescent psychiatrist Annie Swapinol or something and colleagues makes a case. They argue that ADHD traits likely evolved in early human environments that rewarded exploration, novelty-seeking, and movement, such as nomadic and migrating communities. So again, your body works for you to survive. Yeah. And so they're saying that ADHD was the kind of person that would go and find new things or... Like, yeah, he wasn't the guy to just be content sitting still making baskets. He was going to discover Some people like to build things with their hands. Some people like to get out and innovate. go adventure. Absolutely. Yeah. So Cool. But society, again, you need a pill so that you fit in and be like yeah, everyone you, else. They don't want you adventuring. They don't want you That is such out. a... Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah. Um, hmm. So, like, don't well, think less of yourself because you've got ADD. Yeah, if you, you actually have it. Like, we, we talk about, like, sociopaths and, like, why would humans have that? But, like, okay, so what does that actually give humanity? Um, and it gives, like... A villain. No, no, no. Like, there are some people that you want to be a sociopathic. For example, I hope yeah. every judge is sociopathic. Maybe maybe that's extreme. But basically, the ability to assess a situation without oh, putting emotion. any emotion into it, that would make a great judge, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. If he was also honest and hardworking and not evil. Yeah. But just because you're sociopathic doesn't make you evil. Do you think, though, that the only reason that you care about like a murder would be because you're not sociopathic? Well, no, I think, like, man, it might be better. You might not then get, like horrified night sleeps where you're just like man i just had to look at a full day worth of mur murder trial photos and now i'm trying to go to bed like maybe you want a sociopath in that position all i'm saying like like just like with adhd there's things that are evolutionary kind of have happened tools. that tools that happen in society where yeah you also get your builders and yeah. all these different things and you know if you find where your passion is and where that kind of role and what you're good at yeah that's what where you're really going to start to flourish not just by talking yeah but instead they're putting seven-year-olds on lexaprol which deletes your sex drive before even having a sex drive Oof. and kids don't start medication like i don't know anybody that's been on medication since they've been six years old and stops it they just take more to adapt to their age and size and all that kind of stuff and like again you need the hard times to be able to like know that you survive like you need to know that you got through a yeah. breakup without a pill yeah and the question is always what can i diagnose you with instead of how's your life like you yeah. have a terrible life your relationship sucks your job sucks your house yeah. sucks your family sucks your maybe if those got in order you wouldn't be depressed yeah but you're <laughs> depressed because of your circumstances and again that's your body telling you that you need to change if you medicate it you get comfortable and complacent in it um, there's something I wanted to say. It was your, it was like one point back, I wonder. The question is, what can I diagnose you with instead of how's your life? No, maybe a little bit more. Hmm. Oh, the sex drive thing. Okay, as a, as a man, to delete the sex drive, especially growing up, like, it's not just like, you need to have some type of sexual expression to be healthy, I think. Yeah. Um, but... Most of the time, men are thinking, how can I get laid? Okay, in order to get laid, I'm going to have to have money. I'm going to have to be funny. I'm going to have to have some skills. So not only does it take away, like, that healthy expression of sexual energy, it takes away, like, 
that huge driving factor about n what number, what percentage do you put on such a factor, but I would say hi. No, that's interesting because it would shape you and your ability to conquest and to mm -hmm. mate and to exactly. reproduce. Exactly, to do anything useful because you don't have that drive to do it. Because that's to create like, income. Here's the thing, like if I wanted to sleep with you tonight, you better believe I'm not being mean to you during the day. In fact, I'm going to be, maybe I'll rub your back, you know. Did, did I get back today? <laughs> <laughs> really no, but, nice but that's that's basically the concept <laughs> of like to to eliminate that at such an early age where it's like such a driving factor yeah. is to have sex and repro and Reproduce. to procreate yeah. essentially is yeah. crazy because of those yeah because I didn't realize that that was the driving factor to work on your like the, your speaking skills and your yeah why charisma. do we why do we learn jokes so we can pick up chicks why do we want to lift up more weight than our friends so we can pick up chicks why do i flaunt do a nice car so you can have money to pick up chicks yeah why do you, and then so once you have a chick you keep doing that so you can keep your chick very interesting so without any Dude. sex drive ladies Oof. and gentlemen here we go no bueno mic drop from marcus yeah, no, I, it's just so sad what's happening to children because of all these medications. Well, and I don't think medication treats depression. I think no. it numbs depression so that you kind of just don't think it's that bad. Yeah. Here's one thing uh, I've kind of always done, and a couple of my brothers have done this too, where, like, we never take painkillers. No. It's like, no, we want to feel that pain because then we know, okay, we're pushing it too much. That's when you know there's something wrong. That's when you know, oh, I'm getting better. When you feel your pain, oh, I'm actually healing. Yeah. Yesterday wasn't as bad as today. That's or, interesting. Not yet. Whatever that. And yeah, if you've got is. a headache, your body is probably telling you you're dehydrated. Exactly. Go drink of water. Like, your body is always telling you something, yeah. but people just like don't have yeah. time to listen to it. Literally, it's like I don't have time for this headache. Like we need to go to work or whatever, and they just take yeah. some pills. Yeah, and people do that with their emotional. Yeah. Uh, thing as well. Not just their physical. Yeah, absolutely. Now, again, she did say that, like, there are a place for drugs in adults. Some people can take them. They get happier, make their life better, make some changes or whatever, and then mm -hmm. get off of the drugs. But there needs to be a plan to get off. You can't be complacent for life because you're literally throwing your life away to this, like, numbness. And kids yeah. specifically need to feel the pain of being hurt. They need to learn that they're resilient enough to get through things. They need to know that they can survive. They need to know, like, yeah, they need gonna, that yeah. pain, I guess. Yeah. And I mean, you're going to get through the day. It's fine. We talk about it all the time. I really don't think, like, I've, I have visuals of people that I would have ended up with had I not left and hurt myself by leaving and, like, walked away and all that kind Grew of stuff. Up, yeah. Like, um, the one example that Joe Rogan gave for, like, SSRR eyes was um he had a friend who was suicidal and like actually he was like yeah i'm gonna do it tomorrow type thing mm -hmm. and then he went on it and what it did is it cut that emotional state yeah. that distress and then he was able to work through it and he's like okay and he worked through it and then Started he weaned making him some changes. making some changes and then he weaned himself off exactly. of it yeah it's not just like i'm feeling down today take my pills yeah and again that was a grown adult that was a grown adult. Pediatricians yeah. are the ones giving the ADHD medication, but they are not. And again, for any parents out there, they're not psychiatrists. Yeah, they don't know what's happening in your kid's brain. You don't just start tossing chemicals into your body. Yeah, just because you were a child doctor does not mean that you understand the brain yeah. and emotions. And like, yeah. it's way different. So if you've got a kid where your pediatrician's like, oh, well, they're, they've definitely got ADHD. They can't diagnose that kind of stuff. Yeah. So like... 
whoa. Yeah. But I kind of think, like, they were talking about, like, Joe was like, wasn't that, well, isn't that malpractice and whatever. And I was kind of thinking, like, like, the healthcare system is so overwhelmed. Yeah. So that's kind of one aspect where it's like, everybody's like, no, just, like, we can't keep having these people come in. They need to just, like, fine, give them medication, they'll stay home kind of thing. Yeah. The parents sometimes see, like, an easy fix. They want their kid to be okay. So they're just like, hey, no, let's just do this, and then they'll be normal at school. They'll make some friends at school. They'll, like, you know, usually it's for, like, you know, good good causes, I guess. But, like, eh. um, And then, again, like, society will tell you it's a norm. Yeah. Like, no problem. Well, you're Everybody's depressed. Are you on pills? These are all the pills yeah. that I take in a day. Yeah, it's it's crazy the amount of people that are depressed on depression pills. I'm like, yeah, what? That's good. Wait, so you got you took the COVID vaccine, then you've got COVID five times, and I haven't <laughs> took it. I didn't get it. Wait, so you're depressed and you're taking depression medication? I've never taken. <laughs> it's really what confusing. the fuck is happening? Are you dumb? Yeah. Yeah. No, get with it. Very confusing. Very confusing. <laughs> it's very confusing for everybody. Very confusing. Um. But no, and you had mentioned this, that parents aren't trusting themselves or their own authority, and they get quote-unquote experts to diagnose their own child after 30 minutes of meeting them. Mm -hmm. And again, if anybody knows your kid, it's you. Like, go with your gut. And then that goes back to if you are not feeling like you're a competent parent, maybe you as an adult should go to therapy real quick and just see how you, maybe, maybe that's the conversation. Do you feel like you're lacking as a parent in some way? Yeah. Maybe that's the conversation with the therapist that should be had instead of the child going to a therapist. Yeah, again, the best medicine for the child is the parent to get help. And I think, too, it takes, like, this level of honesty where it's, like, you could send the kid to therapy, but it's not... If the kid has to come back to a toxic household or to, you know, yelling and screaming or arguing or tension or whatever it might be, miserable jobs that you come home from and complaining and, like, abuse and whatever that might be, then the therapy's useless anyway. Exactly. Because that 30 minutes outside of the week is not going to change anything. Yeah. That's, you know. It's not a way to develop a new pattern. Yeah. So I guess accountability. And again, well, I don't... I was talking to one of my friends about, like, her kid, and she said that one of the most humbling things about parenting is that your kid mirrors you. So she was talking to her husband, or no, she had noticed that her kid was, like, whining, and it was, like, really annoying for her. And she was like, where did he even learn that from? And then kind of, like, was like, wait a minute, do I whine? And then realized that she was whining and he was mirroring her. Yeah, for sure. And it's, like, so interesting when you kind of take a step back and yeah. you're like, what am, am I yeah. the issue? Interesting how funny parents have funny children and funny children. asshole parents have asshole children. <laughs> <laughs> funny. The circle of life. <laughs> it's the circle of life. Um, yeah. Moving on to human happiness. Essentially, all it takes is family, friends, surrounding your kids with healthy people, giving them freedom to have friends that you might not like because that's going to give them the ability to navigate how to deal with bad friends and shitty people and trusting them to start a job or, you know, things that they need to figure out on their own. I remember the first time I rode home from school and it was like the middle of the day, and my parents were working and my siblings were all in school and I got sick or something like that and I had ridden my bike to school and so my mom was like the only way that you can get home is just ride your bike to school so it was the middle of the day so it wasn't like traffic or anything but I had to do one two three streets (laughs) and it was like maybe four blocks and I felt like I could take on the world (laughs) now I knew it I didn't get like 
captured by anybody. There yeah. was nobody lurking around the street. Dogs didn't. You might have even seen one cool little thing on the way. Who knows? Yeah. The trees were blossoming. I do remember <laughs> it was like really like, everything was yeah. green. Everything. And was... all of a sudden, you just became so responsible. That was and like my botanist. You know, I became a woman that day. Crazy. And Things now you changed. have humans that can't even go out into public and order things <laughs> for themselves. Yeah, or like you go to those meetings and it's like, um, privilege check, privilege check. Point of personal privilege. (laughs) (laughs) Please do not speak in gender-related terms. It offends me. There's some chattering going on in the back, if we could minimize that, because I cannot focus with my sensory overloading. It makes me cringe and it's gross and like people need to And to cater to that kind of stuff is just retarded. Yeah. Just, you're just catering to stupidity yeah and you're gonna raise weak fragile humans that literally are incapable of anything like genuinely weak people like i just none of and it's interesting too because everybody our age is like oh my god what's happening to this generation but like we're doing it it's our generation that's raised these people you know that right like it's this weird i don't understand where the accountability is not well is it our generation or is it like our like five years before us like my brother's gener- my oldest brother's generation and who like, else's kids would that be i don't want to picture. drop names and stuff because i just I did, but yeah just like just picture like uh i think the easiest one is just picture my oldest friend and his circle of friends like that age group from the church just maybe oh that. yeah okay you know so, and nothing yeah, personal, yeah. I'm not, I actually, a lot of those people I, I would have just associated would be fine and decent people, but hit, the point of it is, like, because our generation aren't having children, and when they the do, they're, like, our age. Right yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's, that, that's the point. Like, we, we are just starting to have children, so we, we have, like, our generation, there, you know? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it's really interesting, and it's... Not that that matters, but... Mark has never been, like, pro-therapy. I mean, he's, like... He supports me through whatever I do, but like he's never been like, oh, I can't wait to talk to somebody. But he also like doesn't have trauma, quote unquote. But we're gonna start this book. We've already actually technically started, but it's about how trauma manifests in the body, and so I'm interested to see exactly how this contrasts to that. Hmm, yeah, because one's very pro therapy, very like understanding trauma, understanding PTSD, whereas the other one is like. Yeah. Stop going to your therapist and buck up and <laughs> deal with your shit. Yeah, like some issues you have to deal with, and some it's like you got a boo boo. Yeah. Move on. You don't have a broken limb. Yeah, like you're still alive. You have yeah. income. Like exactly. And I think too, maybe that changed in us, and we don't even know. Like living out here and just seeing the poverty on the day to day basis, we're just like really aware of it and really growing like, up i heard all the time about missions trips and stuff where how they would go there and they'd come back changed because of that mm-hmm. culture shock type thing yeah but and so it makes sense if people who have like everything in canada are complaining and i'm like what everything in the u.s and i'm like but, but you guys you know that you food, have right? it literally the best out of everyone ever in all of human history like you do realize that fireplace or literally that you just had to hunt down some feral fucking snake that killed your nephew two weeks ago like yeah <laughs> <laughs> you're not getting invaded by fucking neighboring barbarians with broadswords and chopping off your baby's heads like get over it get yeah. a grip man yeah yeah. Yeah. No. The coddling and the coddling the is not good. Ruminating and yeah. the and it's interesting. Uh, the other th- sorry. The other thing was uh, the 
those two points that you just said and a third important point is the overwatchfulness they were talking about how stress is equal to like observation monitoring i wrote monitoring that down. okay okay so da, 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 da. monitoring induces stress hall monitors bus monitors everybody is tracked and scanned right now like there's no freedom to just be because everybody's got mm-hmm. each other on Snapchat location. I know somebody who was tracking her boyfriend. Yeah. And the anxiety that came with that where she would, like, look at it every day and, like, like hover over it and where is yeah. he going and where has he been and I can't trust him. And, like, just the anxiety that comes yeah. with monitoring. Yeah, so here's a good example. Like, okay, so I'm asking you a question right now. doesn't matter what the question is. Okay. Pretty easy, not a big deal. You answer it, no big deal. Now I ask you that exact same question in the exact same way, but we're in front of 50,000 people live on a stage and they're all looking at you. Yeah, little stressful thought. all of a sudden, lots of observation, right? And that's such an interesting even about podcasting. Interesting thing about podcasting is like, even though like I talk to people, Pe- yeah. Lots of people listen. There's not that observation element where I'm like actually being observed. So there's not that element of stress while I'm and talking. And even when you think about like just numbers aren't that big. Like when you think 50K, I can't think of a room full of 50. I think of no. church where that was like what, 200? Yeah, like peak five. And I, I've spoken in front of, well, like a half of that maybe. Yeah. But like wild thought, like it definitely yeah. stress inducing and yeah, so monitoring. Op- yeah, and- so exactly. The more you monitor something, the more you watching it and just helicopter in and over it, the more stressed that is being induced on that person. Even you say there's like a three foot rule with the like minis. If you sit there at an inch away, you're going to find everything wrong with it <laughs> Yeah, day sure. long. Like you can't do that. Back up move on like move carry on. on we can't it's not exactly the concept of the three foot rule but i like that that's <laughs> that's not that... it. <laughs> no no <laughs> just for clarification up, you're like it's okay three foot rule <laughs> the Wait the concept that. of that is we're playing a tabletop war game and you're constantly standing three feet away from it you're never actually looking at the mini you're you're looking at the battlefield so you're three feet away so it looks fine another good saying as an electrician <laughs> is where you fuck up and you're like well, it looks good for my house. <laughs> Concept being, if I have to explain, <laughs> I can't see it from my house. <laughs> so anyways, not my problem. observation equals st- stress. So try not to observe and hover too much. Yeah, let them. And again, raising adults. And it's interesting, like, <coughs> talking about this because, you know, like, I feel like I, I have not experienced this as a parent and her focus is a parent. Yeah. But... Like, a, you're raising adults. You're not raising kids. You're not, like, at some point, they're going to have to. And everybody I know, every girl that I know, knows a guy or is involved with a guy who is basically dating his mother. And that's because there was no separation. Like, there needs <laughs> to be separation between the parents and the kids. You need to teach them how to. I, I had this friend. I guess I probably shouldn't say her name. She lived across the park from me when we were growing up. And she was, like for sure a bad influence 
for sure. The music that we watch, <laughs> the, 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 the music, music that, that we, you watch, music that, we that is to, a bad influence. She's got you watching music. Bring It Ooh. On movies. Oh, yeah. Oh, goddamn. Those, those are all of her. Never seen she them, had but... Pokemon cards. She had, like, <laughs> it was wild. It was a wild time over there. I almost went to a bubblegum dance with her one time. <gasps> no, Could you imagine? Haram. Bubblegum. But my father had said at one point, he was like, is it easier to pull somebody out of the well or for them to pull you down into the well? Sure. And I remember kind of, like, identifying the bad things about her and kind of like the oh that's probably like i see her screaming at her mom and swearing at her mom like that can't be good but she gets away with it and that's interesting and then i would try that attitude with my parents and it would not fly and like testing limits but i needed that influence to kind of test that and grow it and expand Mm -hmm. well yeah that's kind of what i was saying about that schooling where it's like we were allowed corruption but we got the consequences you know we were allowed to test and like be creative and mm-hmm. whatever and expand uh, yeah expand and creative uh, honestly I, was like big push like whether it was they, like worship they, or yeah they helped with the creative aspect yeah. but there was other ways to be creative in that school <laughs> but um i want to expand on that well well the well analogy is it easier to pull somebody up or we had to pull down and you could leave it there or maybe the only other thought is like so grab someone to help you like mm. so like all of a sudden the concept is if you have two people pulling that person up like how can two people help or like like because if you know it's i know it's just an, an analogy a metaphor it doesn't need to make perfect sense but maybe that is a good kind of concept to go off of yeah and it's interesting too when you think about like friends because she was like don't yeah. go to therapist go to friends go to family talk to somebody yeah. else. but then there's this element of again honesty and accountability because like don't make us the bad guys for telling you kind of like what you know we think don't get mad at us don't make us kind of like your therapist who has to indulge in your emotions kind of thing like it has to be this like adult thing where it's like but again i don't know if that's just how we grew up with the accountability and the yeah like very much like yo i'm gonna tell you how it is and you need to check (laughs) yourself and then we would with whoever did that whether it was friends or like elders or like leaders yeah and a lot of the time there's a lot of like hierarchy in in that system for sure yeah but a lot of the time it was friends because that's and we were all happy i like like, we liked it we wanted yeah none of us grew up depressed or like not really like unsuccessful people and like none of them grew up to be like druggies or anything I'd, i'd be the biggest druggie out of all of them yeah like, you know, they're all, like, decent folk. Most Happy, people I know folk. are, like, they have their own business or they're involved in something very creative. Yeah. Most of the people that I know. Yeah, and it's, like, a, a very small population, too. So the, the amount or the fact that, like, the majority of them ended up, like, while not having any education, kind of end up Six doing something and interesting. Like, and, and that they like and that they yeah, enjoy, yeah, whether it's, like, like a hairdressing and, or... And it's what, something usually that it's, like, not something that you just get mm-hmm. it's like something you have to try to navigate Work into on. into like it's not just you apply online a couple times now you got it it's like yeah, yeah. anyways yeah very cool so yeah i guess stay tuned for the other side of this according to somebody else but it's very interesting listening to this episode thanks for um yeah not waking me up but sharing with me yeah 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 something that people need to hear you just fucking get over it and go Man, you hear me say this all the time when I'm going to town. It's like, wall in the pain. I just, well, just go. I just fucking go do it. Whatever. Life has to move on. Yeah. Fucking got to carry on.
so sad. So no, it's all sad. good. Whatever. Well, um, then I go sing in town. Do, 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 eat some fried chicken. Nom, 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 nom. Listen to your rap music. Yo, Junior, my man. <laughs> anyway, um, if anybody wants to get a hold of us, Pillow Talk with Mark and B at gmail.com. And you can also find us on Facebook or Instagram. And if you want to support the show, um, Patreon. Mm-hmm. And don't forget to reach out to Joe Rogan to invite him on to Pillow Talk with Mark and B. Yeah. Just a nice Instagram message would be fine. Yeah. It's all fine. All right then, um, um, adios. Adios.